Morning. Afternoon. G'day. Oh, hello, Jim. You all right? Morning, Richie. Morning. TMS. Lovely. No cricket on at the moment, sadly. No, you are Richie Benno. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I have no idea what you two are talking about. Okay. What is this cricket? Cricket. Mar- Marvellous game. As played by Jeff Boycott. Okay, shall we go? You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that program, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was you brilliant. Did see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him for funny Yes, family. that was brilliant. Hello. Hello, I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning, and welcome to episode 75 of The Real Reading Podcast. Our special guest this week is Paul Mann from another podcast, Elm Park Royals. Oh, cool. That po- is a podcast about Reading Football Club. I bet he's having uh, an interesting week. Yes, I think he is. I thought it was high time we got him on. Mm. Uh, he runs a podcast in a slightly different way to we do. Uh, it's pretty well, good. I've, I've been on it. It's really good. So... Uh, yes, properly <laughs> with with proper <laughs> thought <dare> out, <laughs> with proper thought out sections and and no waffle. So he he doesn't say to the people on his podcast, "What are you talking about this week?" And that five minutes before you're due to start. Well, yeah, but you know when it is. We said it was at one o'clock. We were doing the recording. Yes, but news never stops. It is an endless beast. Yes, but apparently you do. <laughs> Only to take a breath. Stop this domestic. <laughs> Okay, this week uh, we've also got Rach's Fact of the Week. As always. And uh, Fort Explains It All, which is about... Reading Prison. Reading Goal. Reading Goal. Uh, Here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch with the show. Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod. And search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Richie. I thought um, you were saying Rachie in a weird accent. <laughs> and I didn't an realise Richie was a, an actual <laughs> character from uh, the cricket. Sometimes they do that on the Frank Skinner podcast. Uh-huh. Um, they do that in all Australian accents. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> so I, I was trying to transfer and it's clearly not worked. Um, just very quickly, I have finally been swimming at Rivermead. Oh, well done, because you've been trying to do that for yeah, many some, weeks. something I've been wanting to do for a while. I went swimming at Rivermead. Was um, the wave machine on? <laughs> Did they have a big inflatable dog? Yes, I just wanted to jumped go, off. I wanted to go on the big inflatable obstacle course. No, it's not a big inflatable obstacle course. Obstacle course. Uh, but it is the temporary swimming pool, while Reading currently has zero public oh, swimming pools. I've not been in there. Have we Is discussed this before? We, yes. But Tom finally went yes. after no, I every week saying, I'm going to do some <laughs> exercise. <laughs> I meant the lack of swimming pools. Yes, we've talked about the lack of swimming pools yeah. on, on, a, on quite often, I think. Quick update. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Quick update. So, Is uh, the pop-up pool, is it in like a big tent? You know, like, well, like a gazebo. Tarpaulin. No, you know, you, like you get those massive tarpaulin greenhouses. I, I'm imagining it's <laughs> under one of those. No? No. It's, oh. uh, it's actually sort of a, a, a permanent looking structure. 
dug into the ground? Oh, or no, 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 ground? no. I think it's above ground. So it's like just a big box. Otherwise, it's, I think otherwise that's just a pond. Oh, good, good point. Easy, easy mistake to make. They though. could have filled it from the tent. So, though. like in, um, like one of that one in Bad Boys Two. Anyone see Bad Boys Two? Where yes. Did it, and it breaks, and then he yes. he lives by the river and floats down the river. Yes, it's a bit like, a bit that, like that, but in a permanent structure. And uh, no, it was good. It was good. I quite. It's sort of you wouldn't want too many people in there. The lanes are quite slim, and I can't quite work out how long it is. And someone, will, I'm sure, will tell me. But it's 1.2 meters deep, which is. Ooh. That's not shallow. not, not an that deep. It's not very deep. It's not an entire me deep. So well, like I mean, I mean, height, I mean, height wise, not not width wise. How many so, lengths did you manage? Uh, I did sixteen lengths before I decided I was too tired. Sixteen. Uh, Sixty. Yes, sixteen. Oh, well, I'm really unfit. <laughs> really, really unfit. Um, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, the only thing I would say, so the pool itself is absolutely immaculate. The building inside, the changing rooms less nice kind of Aww. just could do with a really good clean are they a bit verrucary no, oh well as far I'm as already <laughs> cringing <laughs> so so far i've not noticed a veruca and i don't think that they are particularly i'm sure they get clean there was quite a lot of hair around oh, which wasn't ideal God. um i know i'm putting people off their breakfast at the moment but I, it really was good um <laughs> i enjoyed the swim and i will be going back and doing uh, 17 lengths. 17 or 18. No, you can't do an odd number of lengths because otherwise you're at the other end of the pool and you've got oh, to walk true. all the way back anyway, so you mm. might as well do an even number. But right. It was nice and warm as well. The water was lovely and warm. It was a good day. Good morning. Is it busy? Not particularly, but th- oh, that was good because if there were too many people there, there wouldn't be any room. True. Okay, uh, time for Rach's Fact of the Week. Reading Fact of the Week. Rach, it's Fact of the Week time. It is. I've got one this week that is uh, by order of my dad. Have we got a quiz, mate? There are a few quizzical questions. Oh, I know what this is about. I've got a joke. Me to I've got a joke about this. You're Sorry, you carry on, Rach. Okay. I was interrupting you. How rude. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk about the caves under Reading. Are they in Cavisham? Oh. Yeah. Dong. Okay, you're blowing down the microphone, as I discovered last week. Not great. <laughs> that sounded really cool, annoying to listeners. Sorry, listeners. Right, so shall I just, shall I crack on? Yep. Um, bang on. Bang, bang on, waffle on. Berkshire is predominantly on, uh, sits on clay and chalk. So from... Up until the mid-20th century and for a couple of centuries before that, there was lots of mining going on underneath Reading uh, to get the chalk out, which I believe was predominantly used to to make bricks. Or throw at small children in classrooms. All that. Which, that's my first question. Okay. Okay, so the three Bs for which Reading is famous, I always thought that it was... Beer, biscuits and bulbs. Yes, that's what I thought it was. But then I read an article when I was researching this that claimed that bricks <laughs> were one of the bees because of Gosh. all the, the okay. mining and See, the bricks that were built. I and then I thought, my God, maybe I've had it wrong for however many years. I, I, d- I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I grew up in Bracknell. And I always that thought begins it was, with B. I thought, always thought it was bricks that were associated with Bracknell because there was a brick works there. Oh, right. 
but there was also a brickworks in Twyford, wasn't there? I know, but I know this because Bingham's Brewery have a beer called Brickworks Bitter. That is your general point of reference. <laughs> Pretty much, what, yeah. What ale is named after it? <laughs> I think I think Lawrence, Mr. Lawrence, made bricks in Bracknell. Yeah, the Bracknell bricks are really famous, aren't they? Yes, they, they are. They they used houses to build a very Houses of Parliament or Buckingham Palace, something along those. Yeah, some very high level building. Yes, but maybe they were made with chalk from underneath Reading. Could be. Yes, I mean, I'm sure it stretches. It yeah. probably stretches that far, yeah. doesn't it? As well. So, so Rach, was there a question there? Well, so the question was that I thought that the three Bs were beer, bulbs, and biscuits, and. What did you guys think? Did you think it was different, or did you? No, beer, bulbs, and biscuits is what okay, I thought. That's fine. Um, so, you did you? Would you agree? Uh, I would agree. Yes. There was Linda? two particular areas of of interest, if you will. Okay. Uh, with regard to the cave, so the first one is up in Emma Green, which is just north of Caversham. Um, lovely girl. <laughs> she is lovely, lovely Emma Green. Uh, so there's an entrance into the caves under there, which I believe Hugh has written a story on that I did read. Correct. So it's like a 20-metre deep hole, and you have to climb down a very long ladder to get to the bottom. Then the caves underneath are actually quite massive. Um, And obviously they've stopped mining there a long time ago, and the only people that really go in there, other than roving reporters, um, are the, the local scouts group whose land the entrance is actually on okay um but during the war it was used to house some of the vital council documents to keep them safe and i also read that there was a secret uh like secret army that were down there um during world war Two. so the plan was that they were hiding and safe and then if there was a, a german invasion that their job was to quickly like come up above ground and go and blow up Caversham and Reading bridges because <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, because if the if the Germans had invaded invaded from the south, then the Thames is like yes. a natural barrier. Oh wow. So their job was to stop them getting any further than the Thames. Wow. That's, that's cool. I did not know that. That's really yeah. interesting. That so <laughs> we could be in a situation where there were no bridges <laughs> over the Thames. Yeah. Really. Good Lord, can you imagine the traffic? And then it'd be really busy yes. in Sonning because yeah. they, oh. <laughs> they didn't have to get that one. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Sonning Bridge could be the only the only bridge left. Um, so that was the... I was going to ask secret council documents. Um, yeah. Like what? Like I was going to say like Hughes parking tickets, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> The number I he don't has know received. If the caves are big enough to house <laughs> all of those. Yep, uh, I'm individually playing for paying for that new swimming pool at Palmer Park <laughs> as, it, as it stands, due to my own stupidity. Yeah. Sorry, Rach, um, do carry on. And then the other bit that I was going to mention, uh, which was in the news a lot, I would imagine at the time, but Field Road and Coley Road or Coley Park Road, I think it is, which is just south of the town centre between Barclay yes. Avenue and Bath Road. Um, so basically. Uh, in the beginning of 2000 some of the caves collapsed uh, taking bits of people's houses oh gosh with it which is a bit unfortunate so at the time there was 30 houses that had to be evacuated and um, and then some of those families had to wait up to about two years until the council uh, deemed it temporarily safe for them to to uh, be rehomed there but it then took a further 12 years. They had to fill the caves in, basically, with grout. 
how many, how much That's a lot grout. of polyfiller. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's my quiz. <laughs> okay, oh, crying. How many tonnes of grout do you think it took to uh, fill the caves under that? I'm going to go bit? for a big old 100,000 tonnes. Oh, gosh, <laughs> that's loads. There's a hell of a rush on at B&Q, I would imagine, yeah, that weekend. It's a sellout. <laughs> I think it's about what, 500, maybe, something like that. It was uh, just over 1,700 tonnes of oh. grout. That's a lot oh of right. grout. That is a lot of grout. It's not, it's not it as much grout as I thought. It cost almost four and a half million pounds. Uh, it would have been a lot easier if they'd have chucked a load of tiles in there as well. Yeah, Could have true. Saved <laughs> You've got to find a skilled tiler. Yes. Converted it into uh, a very large bathroom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but how, I mean, 12 years until Blimey. it was co- sort of completely... Safe so that again. And that for the whole of that time, the people who lived underneath there, they couldn't, they couldn't sell their homes because who'd want to buy a house? Yeah. Wow. That yeah. was potentially going to fall through the through the ground, and they couldn't even get insurance either. So they were sort mm. of living in fear that, you know, God forbid their house did fall down a hole or there was a fire or something awful that they weren't covered. Blimey. But now it's all secure again. That you know those things can. It's extraordinary. Yeah, I I researched that. I read read through all that for last year for a, a look back piece, and it's just just extraordinary. It'd be terrifying to live there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> never mean, knowing. Sort of not joking about it, but you're sort of talking about it quite lightly. But that would be absolutely mm. terrifying, knowing yeah. that any second your house could. <laughs> I think we've got all the pictures on disappear. on the website. See if we can dig those yes, out. We'll put those in the uh, we'll put those in the show notes, which is the space underneath or in the details of wherever you get your podcasts so you can have a click through and look be a bit nosy okay thank you rach that is the end of part one satisfied my uh, dad's interests hopefully the caves good good of you to do some research for him so if he has any further suggestions we are very keen on hearing them that's the end of part one in part two we'll join hugh fort for fort explains it all This is Fort Explains It All. Welcome back to part two. It is Hugh's time to shine. Uh, Hugh, what are you talking about this week? It's the goal hug. It's, uh, not the goal hug specifically. Oh. Um, it's the, uh, the, the the goal itself. It's pronounced jail, isn't it? Is it G-A-O-L? It's G-A-O-L, yes. And we, we call it the goal because invariably we type it wrong. <laughs> and then... Realise and curse to ourselves, and, but I seem to remember on. But I on, call it really prison on Twitter. <laughs> the the people behind the campaign have been moved to uh, suggest what it the, to just to, to call it, pronounce it correctly, and encourage everybody to to do it properly. So what is the what is the correct jail? It's just jail. Yeah, J- no, it's G A O L. Okay, jail. Yeah, that's an old, ye olde fashioned way yes. of spelling it. It's like the time, it's a bit like the time Hugh had to do a video uh, to explain to everybody how to pronounce Madejski. Ah, oh, people still get that wrong. Yes. Johnny Majeski. Majeshi. So, Hugh, uh, let's talk through this then. What is going on with Reading Jail? It's up for sale, is Reading Jail. <laughs> Go on. All right, Oscar. Oh, it didn't know it. Oh, yay! <laughs> Wild. Um, Boo. Yes, it's up for sale, and there is has been a big um, campaign for it to become an art centre in Reading. 
Um, however, the Ministry of Justice, which I always think is rather sinister sounding government department. <laughs> it's like something out of Harry Potter, yes. isn't it? It is. Ministry of Justice is <laughs> coming for you. Um, is selling it to the highest bidder. And oh, that's nice. So it is also possible that it may become what well, everybody likes in reading <laughs> flat definitely need more of those yeah and I think what I'm thinking we can say it's not going to get knocked down because it's a grade 2 listed building and very much considered to be part of the town's history it's just there is that old the, sorry the newer bit though the, isn't there a newer bit the of newer. it that they could take down potentially I, I don't really know you know the bit you can see over the yeah. walls with yeah. the kind of 60s Barred windows, basically. <laughs> I was trying to think of a nicer way of saying that. But you could see where the prisoners lived. I'm not sure the bard was ever in there. No, the bard. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been empty for six years, and the costing the tax penny taxpayer a pretty penny in running cost. I think there's been over a million pounds spent on it since it closed. Just to wow. keep it in some sort of condition, I think. Um, and it's up for sale. And no doubt there's behind the scenes there is a, a bit of a bidding war going on. Running Borough Council has indicated it may bid. Um and which in that case would suggest that the art the art centre project is probably more likely than housing. But um, you'd imagine some housing developers will also bid for it. Although it is right next to Reading Abbey, which makes it I imagine any kind of de- development extremely yes. ar- architecturally tricky, historically tricky. There'll be all sorts of rules and regulations about what you can and can't do with regards to... Because I think the Abbey's actually underneath the prison as well. Part yes, of it. it is. Yes, you're right. So right. so who knows what... It's. Uh, I saw on Twitter Reading's two MPs from opposite sides of the political spectrum were, were arm in other. arm yeah. on stage. Because they, they had what they called the goal... The, sorry, I'd started doing it on purpose and now I can't stop. Uh, the jail hug. They they did a big hug around around the prison, didn't they? they did, on, yes. um, on the weekend. And I saw that... Uh, it was in Reading Abbey, wasn't it? I believe. Yeah. And they the Reading's two MPs were up on stage arm in arm. Just to show so how much... Mu- yes, this. I think they... Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah, how they, important they it agree. is. agree. Do surely, if it, if the abbey's underneath, I like say they couldn't dig foundations enough to build some of the th- high-rise flats I that they're talking about. I don't know. My guess is partially that any developer will be very much uh, constrained by with what it can do because of the abbey. But also, if they are trying to sell it to the highest bidder for housing, that also suggests that they think that there's something that can be done on a housing front there. And it's up to the experts to work out what that is. I don't know. It would be such a shame, though, because, I mean, there's a, an opportunity there, isn't there, with the Abbey already there to yes. try and make it into, I don't a, know whether it's very quite big enough, but, you know, like a cultural quarter. I think they call it, call it that already, or the, yeah. either the Abbey Quarter or the it's Cultural the Abbey, Quarter. Yeah, it's the Abbey Quarter, and certainly there's a, uh, uh, a group that would very much like to see it become... Do just okay, just putting it out there. Do we think that an art centre or something similar is the best option for no other reason other than it would be a good to have there? I would say yes, but interested to see what you guys think. Yes, I think it would be a good thing to have. Um, again, 
architecturally whether that that building is suited to a how tricky it is to do anything to that building because grade two listed plus next yeah. to ancient ruins that's not going to be it's not going <laughs> to be a walk in the park design wise is it no um so in this particular case i i think people would like to see an art center but there there is also a need for housing um but as as we loads, as, as we discussed about. last yeah. week or the week before, there are plenty of of high rise housing housing blocks coming to town. Yeah. So, I, I I'll be I'm really really curious. I, I've not done any delving into what the plans for an art centre are. I'm I'd be really curious to see what they are planning to do. Yeah, I was um, going to say, what does that entail? You because, think an art yeah, centre? Because you immediately just sort of think galleries and performance space of some sort. You're garroting me. Oh, as it as it happens, I have asked the Goal Hugger campaign guys to come on the podcast in hopefully a week's time or so. So oh, maybe so we'll find out a little bit more. Well, certainly, certainly the council is keen on taking ownership of it, um, or has suggested it's keen on t- taking ownership of it. And they, they, as far as I'm aware, it's never been. It's not in any housing plans as a housing site. Um, and therefore the council certainly was in support of the Arts Centre campaign recently and they're still still working with them on on their their project their camp their project to take over the building but it's just it's not really it's not really in the council's hands it's up to the so to be the Ministry of Justice and whoever's yes. going to pay the most for it, and it, then, then subsequently, that person, whoever buys it, then has to get past the council what it wants to do with it. And do you that know what it's up for sale for? Has it got a cost price wise? on it? Yeah. No, uh, POA, which oh, right. a is lot, a lot, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we yeah. Out You're of our league, I was just yes. thinking whether we could. We could all club together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Real Reading Podcast, Reading Prison. Yeah, it's our prison. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you wanted to add to you? Anything we need? To, anything more we need to know? I don't think so. It'd be very interesting to um, to see how this progresses down the line. Certainly, if it gets sold to a housing developer and then they get involved in a very lengthy wrangle about what can and can't be done with the site. Yes, it could well go on, couldn't it? It could, could be one of those. That don't expect uh, anything. Don't expect if it does. Don't expect an art centre anytime soon. Put it that way. But fingers crossed, we do get one. Yes. I'm going to sit on the fence. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Purely, awesome. purely because I have to report. Going to have to report on it for the next ten years or so. <laughs> so I don't want to really go either way as to what I think. Well, I'm. I'm pro art centre, Rach. I am because you know what they've done, kind of in Oxford around the old prison. No. Yeah, well, it's not so much of an art space, but there's the Oxford Castle Museum bit, and Malmaison have got a hotel in the prison itself. Oh, wow, okay. And there's loads of restaurants and stuff, so I just think it could be... It could it could be great for that part of town, and there isn't really anything else like that area in the town, is there at all? Nothing sort of with the history or anything like that, and the Abbey itself bringing people in as well. Yeah. I think it's something that, that must, for me, must happen. Okay, thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Hugh. It is now time to speak to Paul Mann from the Elm Park Royals podcast. 
I'm with Paul Mann, who is the man. Paul Mann, the man? Is that, does, do you get that a lot? I, I do <laughs> get that a lot. A hell of a lot, yeah. Uh, he is the man behind the excellent Elm Park Royals Twitter feed and podcast. Um, hello, Paul. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you, how are you doing? I'm not too bad, not too bad. Redden FC is slowly trying to break me down, but I'm doing my best. <laughs> well, it's been some quite uh, quite cryptic messages on Twitter the last couple of days from, from yourself on on the Elm Park Royals Twitter page. But I see this morning you've got a nice shiny new badge, which is which I'm very pleased to see. Yeah, we've had a massive relaunch, which is going on as we speak. We've now got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we've got a website, new logo. Lots of things happening, big future. So hopefully it will coincide with a brand new start for <laughs> Reading Football Club. Fingers crossed. Now, anybody listening to this knows that the Real Reading podcast isn't a particularly football-y podcast. If anything, it's probably more about beer, to be honest. We try and steer away from the football. But what I thought was interesting, Paul, was your podcast is kind of self-started. You've taught yourself all of this. And I wanted to talk about kind of how you set it up, why you set it up. And, and you know, podcasts obviously becoming very, very popular. Everyone seems to be doing a podcast. Even we're doing one. So, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. So let, let's, t- let's bring it right back to the start. How did Elm Park Royals start, as a, either as a podcast or as a Twitter feed? How did the whole thing start? I just thought I had an angle that possibly me and other fans would like to listen to. Obviously, there's a Tyler Stend already, which would do a great job. Yeah. And I thought I could put a slightly different slant on it. Um, going back to why I started it is because I have had a heart and lung drafts about 20 years ago. Okay, So I wanted something that would give me some kind of goal, some kind of objective, and some target to look forward to, which was achievable for me. Yeah. And through the site and for the podcast, I really love doing it. I would advise if anyone's thinking of starting a podcast, start it. Because you engage with new people, you meet new people, and it gives you a voice. And you kind of like learn about different things and parts of life. I think it's a, it's a really great thing. And that's really quite easy to set up. I, I must admit, I, I, would, I would completely go along with what you've said there. Since we've started this podcast, I, you know, we've done roughly 70-odd interviews with different people and and I feel if I saw those people in the street I could go and have a have a quick chat with them it really opens your mind and opens your eyes to exactly what is going on and it's almost with with Reading as a town itself I know about so much more that is going on than the average kind of person who just sort of scratches the surface a little bit and it, there's so much going on underneath and it's been it's been a really brilliant experience for me um, so, but what, so you started off, if I remember rightly, you started off with a Twitter account and doing Periscopes, is that right? Yes, that's how I started. Um, I started off with a Twitter, kind of like, it's quite lucky I had another Twitter account, so I started off with a few hundred even before I'd any tweeted anything. And then I thought, well, okay, let's try some video content after a match. I saw lots of other clubs doing this, and I thought, I'll give it a go. I didn't want to be like Arsenal fan TV or football fan. <laughs> I, was going to ask, I was going to ask you about that. <laughs> You'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't, don't look it up. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's the opposite of what I am. I try to give my thoughts after a match, and people would agree, disagree, that's fine. But I've never anything personal and kind of targeted anyone, because I'm totally against that idea. It's just, you know, it's, I try to give more emotion than fact on my mm. whole side, and I think that's an important Yeah kind of ethos I have with it that's kind of something that the, the, the football club itself can't really do um, you, you know it'd be very difficult for them to criticise a, a player on the, on the official club website but obviously you can you can kind of go out and do that but as you say maybe not, not targeting but just kind of adding a bit more emotion behind it as you say um, so when did you decide right podcast uh, pretty quickly <laughs> I decided that when I actually started the Twitter site I realised if you're going to do the Twitter You've got to do the podcast. 
and the podcast now I'm up to almost hitting 100 episodes. I also did an interview with Liam Moore, which was really great from the yes. club. And that went down really well because Liam is amazing on it. Hopefully, I'll do some more in the future. But, yeah, I'm always trying to find new ways of doing it. And with Skype, it really opens it up. So yeah. now I can talk to anyone in the world. I have people from America, a- anyone. You can be in any place, Poland. It does not matter where you are with Skype. You can really embrace the whole Reading FC world. So you get viewpoints from everyone. And that's what I want on my site. I don't want my viewpoint to be represented by everyone on it. I want loads of different people involved. And so I, I've been on your podcast in a, in a, with a different hat on, and that was great. We just did it on Skype. I did it in, in my back bedroom, and and obviously you were you were over in your in your house, and we had John Lowe uh, from uh, the uh, the the Berkshire Live Reading FC report. He was on there as well, and it, it was great. As you say, sort of, I, I was worried about perhaps Skype taking away some of the personal kind of connections from it but it, it really didn't and it, you, you can find it difficult I think sometimes when you do interviews over the phone to be able to gauge how someone is but because you do it on Skype you can obviously see each other and then obviously you take that and put that into an audio is that right? Yes, yes right to convert it from MP4 to MP3 yeah and and so obviously that's you're nearly at 100 episodes where you, you pick up the, the Liam Moore episode what was so good about that one? He was so honest he was so open to it. I contacted him. He wanted to do it. The club were open to it. There was reasons why it got delayed, and we won't go into that, but that was not because of bad will. That was just what happens in life. We got there in the end, and he was very honest about his transfer request. He didn't hide anything. He'd mm. sit there, and he would talk like weird talk. There was no wall. There was no... When I did the interview with him, there was no club officials in the room yeah. with me. Zero. And they just trusted me to do it. Which I think shows a lot of faith. That's 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 quite fantastic because you, you you really could have kind of opened a can of worms there, really, at times, couldn't you? But that well, that's, so you did that one face to face. Yeah, face to face. Went up to the training ground at Hogwood and just sat in a room in a porter cabin, as you may have seen. Yeah, up there, yes, just sat yeah. there for an hour and uh, talked to him just like this. And he is, yeah, I hopefully do some more in the future. But if they're all as open as him, they'd be amazing. Um, so, what, are, what would your targets kind of be going forward? You mentioned kind of having a goal of doing a podcast, of of, of having a Twitter feed, something something to work towards after uh, after you, after your transplants. What, what would you say you were working towards now? What, what are we looking at from Elm Park Royals now? Uh, my target is to be the biggest fan side, Reading yep. FC, and that's it. Um, there's no other target, and uh, now we're starting that process. It's taken three years, and now we're building bigger and bigger. I've got other things uh, coming. And lined up, but um, yeah, no, that is my target, and uh, we'll get there. It's just a matter of time. It's um, it's quite a different way of doing things, isn't it? so go, I've, I've been working in the regional media for the last fifteen or so years, and ten years ago, a fan site would have been just brushed aside as as a sort of oh uh, yeah, just some bloke keyboard warrior you might call it uh, just kind of like spewing out all it probably did they probably weren't helped by the fact that often most of their opinions were negative back kind of back then but uh, do you feel like kind of how, how has that changed because of course as I say you have you have proper <laughs> proper journalists on the uh, I, I laugh it's because I know Jonathan very very well and, and calling him a proper journalist which he which he obviously is and has the qualifications but it just makes me laugh um, but you know so you have Jonathan on you have other you have other fans on you have other sports do you how how has that changed? Do you think? Do you, how has the the sort of the way that you are viewed has that has that changed in your time? Yeah, definitely. I think the clubs have have to become more open to it with the social media, with Twitter, with Facebook. I'd say especially Twitter. If you ignore it, 
you yeah. really are it's a dangerous thing to be you should not be following it and saying oh we should sack the manager but you have to embrace it and I think the clubs really are embracing it now there's always boundary and some clubs are a bit more open to fan sites than other ones but I don't know I, I think it's just going to get more and more interlinked as we go forward because as we know just forgetting about football social media is huge yeah and if you don't embrace that and the fan site as a whole concept it's kind of people want a voice now and with the podcast yeah. as well it's key to have that voice heard and there's quite powerful quite a lot of them I'm not saying mine is I'm saying much bigger clubs um, and it's kind of the, there's, in the background for there's always been um, Hobnob hasn't there the uh, the forum there that was always quite a I, that's, that's still going but I, yeah. I, I would guess it's slightly quieter than would be my guess it's slightly quieter than perhaps you know the, the social media accounts are yeah possibly I mean it seems to be still be quite lively I mean with my side I don't want to um, kind of like get rid of anyone because I mm. think we need as many viewpoints as possible I just you know I, I think it's key to have as many people involved in the site in all the sites with different viewpoints and hopefully we we'll see new fan sites so if you listen to this start a new podcast start a new Reading one start mm. a new site and I'll try and help you so just get involved <laughs> I'm happy to help anyone with it because it's great fun there there are quite a few uh, Reading FC podcasts aren't there for, for a sort of a one club Town or a one, even a one club county to in one professional club county in some respects as well. Um, there are there are there are a lot of podcasts. Do do you think they all need to be different or, or does it matter so much? Yeah, I think they all have to have a different slant. If you're trying to, we're all talking about the same topic essentially, so you have to have a different style on how you do it. If I did mine the same as the Tyler's, then completely, yeah, people wouldn't listen to it because yeah. there's no point. So you have to have a different take on it. Mine is completely no editing. Uh, the Tyler's then was very edited and very professional. Um, there's another one, 106 Chats, who also have a podcast, and they're quite new. Um, they're more similar to my style, the Umpire Rolls one. So, yeah, I, I think um, I can't see there being many more, but like I just said, if you want to start one, start one, because people might have said that when the Tyler's one was there, there wasn't space for another one, and there definitely is. Yeah, lots yeah. and lots of people listening. Of course, there's uh, A.D. Williams' podcast as well. What do you think about oh, that's that That's brilliant. No, that's brilliant. That's a professional high-end one. We've had Jack Winstanley who makes that on the podcast, and AD is obviously a legend, and the people he's had on there have been brilliant. That's a... Yeah, definitely listen to that podcast. The, the Dave Kitson one for, for <laughs> yeah. me, I've, I've listened to... I think I've listened to them all currently. The Dave Kitson one especially was um, just... Eye-opening. I imagine he was as open as Liam was. Liam Moore was with you, I would think. Yeah, I mean, maybe Dave Kitson was even more because he's out of the game. Yeah. So he can be completely honest, 100%. Not saying that Liam wasn't, but he's still got that professional boundary. But Dave Kitson's a very open person. I went to a former players meeting once, and he was there talking about all the different things that he talked about. And he's, he kind of seems to have a love-hate relationship with football. <laughs> yeah. A real love-hate relationship, <laughs> which is fine. I bet there's lots of players like him, but yeah. The podcast world is getting bigger and bigger. Um, so you, you've been a Reading fan for... I've been a Reading fan since 1985 when we won our first 13 matches and that was a huge full dawn. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as false a dawn as you can get really, isn't it? I think. It is really, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the years of Trevor Senior, Ian Branford, we, they're just on a podcast, Radio Berkshire, William Branford, the manager then, so definitely get that one. Be, that'd be one to listen mm. out for. Um, so obviously, you know, you've been, a, you've been a supporter for that long, um, and obviously in that time a massive amount of changes happened at Reading. Do you, uh, there was always sort of, a, you know, I always see this, this phrase, plastic fans spouted out. What do, what do you think about that? I don't think anyone's a plastic fan. 
nobody is a plastic fan. I think that's a key point for me. It doesn't matter whether you go or if you don't go, whether you live in another country. We're all fans in our own different ways. There's not a kind of, oh, you're a better fan than me. I don't <laughs> like that. I really dislike that. There's no value on it. If people say, oh, I run a website or someone else does say, say that to me. And yeah, so what? There's people who've been to thousands of games more yeah. than me. Yeah. It doesn't make me any better than anyone else. No way am I. No, my girlfriend makes sure that I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to, the final thing, just to just to kind of round off. Last week on our podcast, we had a little bit of a mental health special. I just wanted to touch on this kind of social media, mental health aspect of things. And obviously, you're putting yourself out there to be almost shot at at times um, with, with an opinion. So one of the day, most dangerous things I would say you could probably do is put an opinion onto social media. How do you deal with, do you, do you, have you had any experience of, of any real issues or, or or is it something that you you're very careful not to not to get involved in? Uh, yeah, I've definitely had people sending me um, abuse on Twitter of all kind of varying levels. It's because if you put yourself out there, people want to have a shoot shoot at you. They want to have a go at you. Um, they just dislike you. Uh, they create second accounts. <laughs> um, you just kind of. Sometimes it's really how to engage with these people encourages them, but also if someone's giving out abuse, they really shouldn't be ignored. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be tolerated. Um, yeah, I have had some, and I have to say most of it I just mute or block. Yeah. Because I don't want to get involved with it because it's a waste of my time. That's a good way forward, I think. Uh, Paul, is there anything else you wanted to just add? No, Reading's great, and we're going up. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the new website? Our new website is elmparkrolls.com. It'll be going up uh, today. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Our videos, fanzines, podcasts, all kinds of new stuff on there. Fantastic. Paul, thank you for coming in and seeing us. Thanks a lot, Tom. Cheers. The Random Question. That was Paul Mann from the Elm Park Royals podcast. Do you think you'd mind if we called him the long-suffering Paul Mann? <laughs> or, or even Poor Mann? Because he has to talk about Reading FC all the time, which must be, must be. Uh, well, no, he's a, unlike you who had a season ticket and got rid of it ages ago. Yeah, he, we're fair weather. He's very much a. Well, we weren't in the Premier League anymore. <laughs> duh. <laughs> um, just so people know, you did have a. You both had season tickets long before then, didn't you? Uh, but you know, he's he's a he's a current and long-standing supporter of of the club. So, uh, from the good old Elm you Park know, days, peaks and troughs. Yes. Clubs go through these cycles. And see what this new manager troughs, does. Troughs and troughs and a few more yeah. troughs. Yeah. We did have some peaks. Yeah, yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. Long time. 106. 106, yeah. That season was fun. Yeah. That kind of that kind of spoiled my view of football, really, because, <laughs> yeah, because that, it wasn't as good after that, and therefore <laughs> I couldn't cope. <laughs> um, quick question for you. Uh, if you could start your own podcast on absolutely anything, what would it be? Hugh, oh, I know exactly what his is going to be because he's been badgering me about it. My favourite thing in the world, wrestling. Oh, not local shopping. Not local shopping, no. Wrestling. I really like <laughs> wrestling and I don't care what anyone says and I, I'm not pr- prepared <laughs> to defend it myself because because just before anyone pr- throws this at me, Game of Thrones also isn't real. And Star Wars. Are you just going to list off a everything that's not real? <laughs> it's all scripted. Who's your favourite wrestler of all time? Yeah, The Rock. Oh, really? Dwayne. Dwayne. Yeah, oh. he is very good. Yeah, 
He's very good. He was very good when he was a wrestler, and he's also become a surprisingly good actor. Because if you look at other wrestlers who do try to do acting, without almost without fail, they're terrible. So The Rock not being terrible. Does everything 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 I've seen with him in does with a little glint in his eye, a little knowing look. I like, he's he's great. Uh, Rach, what about you? What my podcast? Yes, my what would it be about? Okay, no. Well, what's your, who would, who's your favourite wrestler? Oh, I, d- I don't have one, but I, <laughs> my brother did used to watch it quite a lot. I think probably early nineties, I reckon, and then it was all like The Undertaker and Bret the Hitman Hart and who's oh, the God, I've got a, like a brain free. Who's the <laughs> one with the big handlebar moustache? Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan brother. Hulk Hogan. Oh. <laughs> How can I forget that? I was thinking about who's the who's the big the big big one. The big meaty one who wears like the the black leotard. <laughs> Do you mean Andre the Giant? No, no or no, the no. Big Show. The Big Show. Yes. It makes me feel like I could be a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> He's seven foot tall and weighs about thirty eight stone. Tall. Oh dear. Well, I've got a bit of a way to go, but like, you know, yeah, you know, we can get there. You c- I think you're growing upwards. <laughs> the stage is limited. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so, Rach, and also, uh, if you could do a podcast. Oh gosh. At this point in my life, I guess it would have to be something along the trials and tribulations of being a mother. Well, I knew you were going to say boy. this. Yeah, <laughs> and I think I could probably fill a podcast just talking about whatever tantrums and <laughs> un- just ridiculous meltdowns that may or may not have happened. The meltdown podcast would definitely, the mummy meltdown podcast would the be definitely meltdown. something oh. I would listen to. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, every week when we when I come into the office, it's like. Hugh doesn't really ask, how am I? He just says, how's Zach? And what's what's he been up to? This, about this week? Yeah. Lovely. My favourite one was my mate who's got a son who's now four or five, but when he was younger, he had the, the most epic meltdown because he didn't like his dad's T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, it is now time for everyone's favourite, the random question. Uh, random question time. Who went last week? It was... Twas I. Twas you, Hugh. So, Rach, it's you this week. It's me. All questions written by Rach currently. How can we link this back to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Um. Right. What is your parents' (gasps) favourite bit of Reading nostalgia? So I think what we meant by that was the bit that, oh, I remember when. (gasps) Oh, uh, I... So, I remember my dad has told me several times about... Uh, and I think it's up towards Kate's Grove. There was a car, or there was an accident that completely demolished a house. Oh, right. But I don't know any more than that. Okay. So uh, maybe someone can fill in the blanks. <laughs> Linda. <laughs> Linda. Hugh. <laughs> I, in fact, actually, now I come to think about it, it, might not have ended so well for whoever was in the house. What if they demolished or yeah. in the car? Or the car. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Um, so I'll treat that one with care. Yeah. My my mother fondly remembers Berkshire County Council at its <laughs> meetings. <laughs> that you used to go to. Tell stories or... Were yeah. you sick in what you've I told us before? On, I was sick on myself, yeah, yes. in the public gallery, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one. My dad... What my dad... I mean, my dad's nostalgia will be... Playing cricket in the 1970s around the uh, around the Reading area, or rugby. They used, they always, he always used to talk about a team they used to play called the Reading West Indians, who always used to thrash them. 
that, that, I remember going to watch them play against the Reading West Indians once and they thrashed them. <laughs> it was a bit embarrassing. <laughs> Men against boys. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think now. There's you yes, wrote this. I know I did, yeah. And you had so one at the time, if I remember. Sort of talk, well, they quite like reminiscing about the Reading Town Centre of old and quite often throw up some, oh, do you remember this shop and, and that shop? My dad used to really like that shop on the bridge down King King's Road. Oh, right. Um, just part of that's like a weird electrical shop. And that they used to be... It was actually called that shop, the shop on the bridge. Yeah, loads of cinemas and there was a dance yes I remember the cinemas what film did we watch (laughs) (laughs) stop it just trying to link it back to Robin Hood all roads lead to all roads Um, lead to Sherwood Forest and there was a dance hall that everybody used to go to top rank top rank that's the one yeah how did you remember because I've written about it loads Ah. it used to be in the did it used to be in the station? I think it used to be in the station. Was it like where the Mecca Bingo was? Yeah. I thought it was Mecca, yeah, Mecca Bingo on station. Yeah. yeah. And Prince William went there once? Prince William went there once. Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, one of them did, didn't they? Or to the, it might have been when it was Bingo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Royals loved yeah, it was, a bit of Bingo, didn't they? It was either William or Harry. I think yeah. it might be Harry. I sort of thing he do, Harry crazy kid. <laughs> <laughs> He's so crazy. Let's just go to Reading for a night out of the bingo. Yeah. Reading. Shall I wear my Shall I wear my uniform? The bingo. Yes, I do. With another day. For another day. It's for oh, another day. Good. I don't think our listeners are really interested in a work no. night out we once had at the bingo. What with the former former managing director? Yes. <laughs> Okay, uh, thank you guys. Very Bef- Mancunian. Before we go, here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch with us. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, we assume you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, Rachel, have you had a lovely time? I've had a lovely time, thank you. Hugh, you have not had to dash off. Have no. you had a lovely time? Cosmic, mate. Yeah, well you've good. You've done Cosmic before. Have I? Yeah. Me- what about Mega? Uh, no. All right, Mega. Mega, okay. Uh, don't forget, if you know someone who we should be speaking to on the show, please do get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. In the meantime, we'll see you in a week. Bye. 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 You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme, uh, Hunted, on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was you brilliant. Did see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant.